Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everybody. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ, and welcome to The Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode will be about dealing with the F word. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. How to cope with feelings of failure. <laughs> we got their attention now, Eric. Joining me today, as you can hear, is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Good to see you again, Jeff. Nice seeing you. All right. So we played on the words, but feelings around failure or in general, how to cope with the feelings around failure. That's a big deal, Jeff. So tell us a little bit about what we're going to talk about. Well, what we're going to talk about is something that everybody deals with in one, one way or another in their life, in their daily life on their way to getting to work. It's failures, you know, not achieving what you plan to do or not getting to what you want as soon as you want. It's just a part of what we deal with. And I think in today's society, we're getting taught more and more not to pay attention to failure, that it's not going to happen. Everything will always be okay, but that's not true. And I think this causes a lot of problems in people's lives where they just don't know how to deal with something not working out the way they planned. Does it make it even worse for people in the sense that if society or the culture is kind of saying we're not going to go there, you, you start to get that feeling like, well, if I start talking about my failure, then I'm even worse than just the failure. In today's society, we are, we're connected, but we're not connected very deeply because of mm. social media and, and all this kind of other stuff. So when somebody has a failure, we don't know the whole story behind it. It used to be if you if you had a friend that failed, you were involved in it in some way or another. You knew they did. Now we don't tend to share that. It's not something that is talked about in polite society, I guess. So there's no denying it. I mean, I think about my own experiences with failure and I, the feelings that went along with it. I'm one of those that you know, sometimes has the challenge of letting go of 
the feelings, right? Where mm-hmm. it's a consistent over time. I should have done this. I should have done that. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? So talk a little bit more about how someone could get in touch with those feelings to deal with them. Well, at first you need to just recognize that you are having feelings. You know, in one of our earlier episodes, we talked about emotional literacy. And so failures can be an, an emotion. So just taking the time to understand that there, what that feeling is, that you're actually feeling that feeling, then identifying it, putting a name on something is very important. When you name something, you take some control or all control on it. Are you feeling depressed, you know, down in the dumps kind of thing? Are you feeling flat? Mm-hmm. Are you just kind of blah, going through the motions? Are you just, you're not fully there? And Jeff, just to, I might have missed it at the beginning, but I think it's important for the audience to know this is not a episode about what are the actions or you should take when you fail. This is really about dealing with the feelings that are associated with failure, right? Yes, it's it's not about correcting the failure, the action, okay, the great, thing that, that, that you did. It's about how do you deal with it? Mm-hmm. with whatever that happens to be. We associate negative feelings with failure, mm-hmm. and that's maybe a natural. And even though we've got tons of really smart people who have said that failure is a pathway for learning and growth, is it a case of having your radar on to know when a negative feeling is on its way or when it's appearing? How does that work? When, when you're dealing with emotions of any kind, to kind of have that emotional radar up and running mm-hmm. so that you recognize, okay, there is something there because once again, emotions are there just to give us information. Okay, I'm feeling this emotion. Let me name it. And then that's going to give me the information that I need to, uh, to work through it. Cause you're really actually trying to, to, to help people deal with it versus I get in my head, you know, when something happens and you get negative feelings, you start telling yourself, well, I'm not that type of person and it's all going to be okay and everything's great. I, I think we're actually talking about how do you tackle it, right? Yeah. How do you tackle it? Because we all have more than one incidence of failure in our lives. So it's, mm-hmm. it's the idea of, okay, when this happens, I know it's going to happen. What tools do I have? What habits have I made so that when this happens, I can recognize it? Yes, I did something didn't go right. That's natural. But how do I move on through it? Do the learning. You know, that's an often used, you know, you have to fail to learn. Maybe, maybe not, but it, you do can learn from it. Right. You know, just how do I move on through it? Put it behind me, but using the information that it can give me to help the next time. There's a term that many of the audience members would probably say they're familiar with, you know, the negative spiral, you know, spiraling down. Why is that so dangerous when it comes to dealing with these feelings? If you've ever done it, worked anything with sound, in like an auditorium or church. Unfortunately for me, I know a little bit about that, so I always get roped <laughs> into doing it. Not my favorite thing. And the sound person's worst nightmare is feedback. A little sound that's not supposed to be in the mix gets in there, and because of the way the speakers and the microphones and the system set up, it starts building this loop until you get that feedback, which just drives the nail into everybody's eardrum. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's Absolutely. not, it's never good. Yeah. So that's the spiral. It just goes, keeps building and building on itself until it overpowers everything. In this case, you know, feedback probably overpowers your whole body. Failure can do the same thing where you, you're not able to think about anything else. You're just dwelling on that failure. And that's that spiral. So if you could throw out 
uh, you know, one or two number of examples of, of things that someone could do when they start to sense that that's on the horizon? Maybe the first detection of feedback. What are some things they can do? The, the first time I ever heard this was back when bowling used to big, big deal on Sunday or Saturday afternoons. My dad and I watched it every Saturday afternoon. Okay. And they talked about one of the, the bowlers, how icy and how no matter what, he always kept his cool. And he called it the icy ball theory. He said millions and millions of years from now, the sun's going to go out. The earth is going to turn into an icy ball. And this just ain't going to matter. Put it in perspective. If your failure is you're 10 minutes late, like I was this morning <laughs> coming to this recording session. Yeah, I inconvenienced the, the you and, and uh, Brett are, uh, I guess, producer. Is that your right term? Okay, producer. That's what we're going to call it. We'll, we'll stick with that. I inconvenienced them because I was late, but I wasn't two hours late. I was 10 minutes late. So right. put it in perspective. That's, Is that uh, really going to make a big deal down the road? I know even from my own perspective, right, there are times where I think I'm involved in the most important things in the universe, <laughs> and the reality is, no, I'm not. Yeah, when, when, I mean, yeah, you're right, Jeff. I mean, if you had <laughs> been two hours late or if you didn't show, I mean, but in the end, even then, well, probably the producer and I, Brett, would have just said, I hope Jeff's okay. <laughs> it wouldn't have been, man, what a failure. What a, you know, but in our heads, right? Isn't that the problem? It's like what our emotions and our thoughts are telling us can sometimes not be true. Yeah, it's, that's exactly right. You know, what, what is the actual thing? So when I walked into the room, you guys are doing something kind of cool going over how many of our faithful listeners are listening to us. So gotcha. <laughs> that made me feel a little better even. <laughs> uh-huh. The idea that negativity can spread to other parts, other aspects of our lives. Okay. Is it that rampant? <laughs> can it be? All emotions are interconnected. Mm-hmm. Most people think, well, if I'm feeling fear, I'm only feeling fear. There's other emotions going on with that. If I'm feeling failure... There's the emotion of failure, then you, you can get into the emotion of being inadequate, the emotion of self-worth. Um, gotcha. All kinds of things. So, But it will affect everything around you. Another way to look at it is your attitude. What is this doing to my attitude for the day? Is this just going to totally destroy my attitude for the day and pretty much make me useless for whatever I had planned? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's not in a uh, vacuum. Would you think in terms uh, of... Maybe someone maybe focusing on other areas of life that are going well, that they're having success in, maybe focusing on what is working. That takes discipline mm-hmm. to do that. I think we've talked briefly about neural pathways, those things yes. in, in your brain that habit forms. You'd yeah. have to develop a new neural pathway to do that and do away with that old neural pathway of you know, being down on yourself, letting it affect everything. So almost like someone who says, okay, you know what, for the next three weeks, you know, the magical 21 days, I'm going to, when I encounter failure, I'm going to choose to go and look at the things that are working well or working Mm -hmm. right. And those neural pathways get developed. So potentially by day 21, you've got a new neural pathway so that when failure comes, your brain is helping you in that respect. That's really true, but the only the only caution is that old neural pathway is there. It doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. Yes. I look at it like um, a floodplain. The river chooses 
the, its path. But if the river gets out of control enough, that old path is still there for it to take it. So you just have to make sure that you don't allow that to happen. Okay, here's where it gets kind of personal and thorny for me. <laughs> Letting go of perfectionism. <laughs> I don't think I can, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> but you're telling me you got to let go of perfectionism. Why is that? Why is that so important? We're not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well <Okay>. said. <laughs> Sorry, folks. If I stepped on some toes, we're we're just not perfect. What is in our life? There's always going to be you know, circumstances and issues, and f- unfortunately for perse- perfectionists. They have to deal with other people, too, that aren't perfect, whether they want to admit that or not. Mm -hmm. So you just have all these things going on. But I think the thing that is important um, when you're dealing with this, are you thinking about what was supposed to happen? In my mind, this was supposed to happen this way. Because it didn't happen that way, you've, you've thrown it into that failure category. But look at what really did happen, because maybe what really did happen was better had a better result than what you were planning to begin with. If you let your perfectionism stay in the way of that, you might not realize this was a better thing that happened today. You know, it's interesting, uh, Jeff, and you know this, and I think our producer Brett knows it as well, about how much of a Miles Davis fan I am. Mm -hmm. And there's a story uh, where Herbie Hancock, who was a piano player, still is, played with Miles, and uh, he was fairly young, and they were doing a set, I think it's somewhere in Europe, And uh, he was feeling really good about how things were going. The show was moving well. And then he made a major mistake. And it was obvious to all the band members, including Miles. And I remember reading this interview or seeing this interview with Hancock. And he said, I thought it was over. I thought it was the end. Because I'm, I'm up here and I'm playing with Miles Davis. And he said Miles did something that shocked him that he never forget. He said that Miles changed what he was doing to fit with what mistake had been made and it kept going and it was great Mm -hmm. and he said that was not only a musical lesson it was a life lesson about what we're talking about here you know that ability to shift to refocus it's funny some of the most iconic movie lines that are burned into our brain weren't supposed to happen they were spur of the moment or they were a mistake and it's like, wow, that's better. Most of our listeners know I like music too. A few years ago, the band's Pearl Jam got a pretty big hit with the song Last Kiss, which was a song from the 50s about this girl dying in a car wreck, you know, that tearjerker kind of stuff. Right. And the way it came about as a hit, some one of the guys on the band found it just listening to it. And so they started using that song as their tune-up for sound check. Interesting. And the... uh the sound technicians thought that's really cool. Without them knowing it, he recorded them and they liked it, but there were some mistakes in there and they wanted to fix it and he wouldn't let them. Wow. These mistakes, that's you guys. There, there's no, you know, it wasn't any big glaring things like the drummer was supposed to totally lay out for two measures or, you know, just little things like that. The thing became a hit. I, I think about this idea, and again, because perfectionism comes close to home. And one of the things that I've had to do over the years is to to take some of the advice you're giving, Jeff. So it's easy for us to w- pull out wonderful stories and talk about what you should do. But when you're in the belly of the beast, when you're in your own world, in your own head, is there another 
one or two things that you would say someone could a path they could take to maybe help them deal? Because <laughs> as you said, I mean, whether it's a neural pathway or whatever, I'm not going to get rid of my perfectionist mindset. It's not going to be eliminated, right? Well, one of the easiest things to do is it's not my fault. Mm. Somebody else caused this. You know, if I'm running late and that, that car in the line at the left turn lane doesn't get out in the middle of the lane and wait until the light turns red to turn left, that's their fault now that I'm late rather than I should have overslept. <laughs> <laughs> and been in front of them so they weren't in action. You're putting the blame on the wrong thing, mm-hmm. on the wrong person, and, and that's not true. There's, there are some times when somebody, yes, their action totally is the, res, you know, the result of the, their action results in your failure, but you still have a responsibility in that gotcha. to, to maybe make sure that this person, if you're working with someone, were, did I give them what they needed to do? To allow this project to continue, that goes back to me. Gotcha. You know, what is it? If you've got yourself a really deep hole dug financially, mm-hmm. whose mm-hmm. fault is that? Right. Is it the predatory loaners? Is it the uh, the economy, or is it you because you know you could afford a two hundred thousand dollar house and you bought a four hundred thousand dollar house with? Mm-hmm. Can I get by with basic cable? Do I have to have? Everything. So is that the cable company's problem? Yeah. If I, you know, this, this hole I dug, who, who is responsible for that in the ultimate? I think about this as, as we have segue out of the perfectionist thing and, and looking at the, the blame game, if I can call it that, mm-hmm. you know, we hear the term personal responsibility, right? And, and I know that's been kind of worn out over time, but at the end of the day, that, that kind of is what that is. Now, I know one reason sometimes where I don't want to take responsibility is because I'm afraid that it exposes me as being less than what I think that I am or what I have portrayed to the world. Mm-hmm. But I've learned over time that that doesn't make me a bad person, right? If I have to take responsibility for things, like you said, the reason why I'm late is because I overslept, not because the guy or the gal in the left lane didn't do X, right? Mm-hmm. What makes that difficult to take responsibility? Now put that heavy weight on your shoulders, Jeff. It shows weakness. Okay. It shows lack of perfection. It, it's a myth buster because we build a myth around ourselves sometimes of how perfect we are, how accomplished we are. And when you fail, it breaks that myth a little bit. Like I, I never remember in the Bible, the, the statue with the, uh, clay feet. The statue is built of all these wonderful, wonderful, precious metals and metals that are very strong. But it had feet made of clay, and all it took was to break those feet of clay and everything else tumbles down. Mm. We don't want to admit that we have feet of clay, that yeah. there, there is something in us that is not perfect, is not powerful, and failure points that out. And But that's the only way we learn. So then that leads us maybe to that idea of admitting <laughs> a, a, around failure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which requires, I believe, a lot more strength than trying to avoid it, right? Because it's, it's you being vulnerable and, and there's all kinds of evidence of that as far as its power. What are some of the areas of admitting to failure that maybe are, are the positives, even though I know it kind of is a contradiction in, in terms, maybe, but uh, how, how does admitting failure help? You want to pin this to a certain person, but the government can't admit failure. Because 
it would show that they're not worthy to be our government or whatever. There are so many government policies that a five-year-old could look at it and go, okay, this ain't working. Mm-hmm. But nobody has the strength to step up and go, okay, we screwed this up. We need to stop what we're doing and go a different direction because that would totally take away their, their power base, their ability to be in charge. Right. They think rather than if they get up in front of everybody and go, it is so obvious to everyone this isn't working. We, we made a mistake. You know, don't blame it on previous administrations. We, we met, messed up this. Mm-hmm. We have to admit that. And now we have to start over and go a completely different way. And it's the same way in your personal life when you can say, I was responsible for this failure, whether it's a personal failure, whether it was a, a work failure, relationship failure. You know, I, I had a part in this. I admit it, but now that's the only way we can move ahead. And I think that's important when you're dealing with emotions. In many ways, you can't really re-strategize and move yourself into a different place so you can succeed without that admission, right? What is the old the old uh, quote? And I never can remember who it is. You know, insanity is just doing the same thing over and over again and expect this different, different results. results. Yeah, that's how we are. Let's just fail harder and we'll fix it. It's not pleasant. At the same time, failure is inevitable, even if we don't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. So, what's some of the secrets we could share today for people as it relates to maybe the unpleasantness of it? And maybe being able to look out ahead into the future and say, you know what, everything's going to be okay, and I'm moving forward. My dad had a saying, and it was, don't borrow trouble. So when you have a failure, and if you keep dwelling on it, you're borrowing trouble. That's that spiral. So just just let it go. So maybe it was initially only going to be $5 worth of regret, and then it turns into 100 because you... You keep adding. Yeah. Yeah. You just keep worrying it. Yeah. Let it go. Just let it go. And when you can take your failure and look at the facts, the, what really happened and take out your ego, then you're going to be able to one, maybe correct that failure, especially if it's in a relationship Mm -hmm. and then learn how to not do this again, that neural pathway, these new habits. Right. I think that's the most important thing because we are going to fail. Nothing's going to go right, and that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about today not fixing actions. It's yep. just how you deal with them is the important thing because we're going to have those actions no matter what. Right, and the feelings <clears throat> and the, the thoughts are the drivers here, right? Mm-hmm. Listening to your Miles Davis and you missed the freeway exit. I have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So can, can, can you get mad or can you go, huh, I get to listen to him for 10 more minutes. <laughs> Great perspective, Jeff, especially for someone like me. <laughs> hey, I know it's really easy for me. Um, I can say to our audience, uh, you can share this episode with a friend um, because I know there's going to be multiple camps. Some people are going to get this right out of the gate and go, yeah, I've been working on this. And what you're saying is sort of validation. And then there are going to be others who are going to maybe potentially think of a friend or a family member that could really use hearing uh, today's mm-hmm. episode. So you can obviously share this post, but uh, Jeff, tell the audience a little bit more if they want to get in contact directly with uh, Spirit of EQ. Well, one way is to go to spiritofeq.com, our website, and there'll be contact information there. And uh, 
as we're building the website, there'll be more information for you of this kind of thing. But the best way is just give me an email, and that's jeff at spiritofeq.com, and I'll get right back with you. Perfect. All right, Jeff, as always, I enjoyed it. Have a great day. Take care, everyone. Take care. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. My email is jeff at spiritofeq.com, and I'll get right back with you. Thanks. Circle270media.com Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff. You're with me as always. So yes. how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, yes. you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast host. We're close. Okay, but, all right, but, but not, still, not totally. We want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media: LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based, and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.